And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Just to let you know, I love you. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, February 14th. 2024, happy Valentine's Day. You love birds. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Miller. Yeah, podcast listeners, I love you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, Natasha Hotboy, Trey Kirby. Hey-yo! Hey-yo! And last but not least, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are, coming up a little bit later, some NBA-themed Valentine's Day questions for the guys and everyone joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button and subscribe. Podcast listeners, if you love us, you will leave us a five-star rating and review. But we start with some recapping of last night's games. We'll jump around here a little bit, but let's start with the first game on TNT. It was Jalen Williams, it was Shea Gildas-Alexander, and it was the Thunder beating the Magic 127-113. We had this one on playback last night. Close for a while, and then OKC pulled away. But what do you think? Yeah, it was a smash job by OKC late, but I don't know if it's just Valentine's Day, but I, I love watching these two teams. <laughs> There's just some love <laughs> in fair. the air. There's just some great play from both of them. Shea Gilles Alexander gets Jalen Suggs on his back. Oh, the beautiful turnaround. Franz Wagner did the same thing, a beautiful turnaround, but once he did that in the post and he shook Chet Holmgren real bad, but he was still a little worried. Oh, Chet's going to block my snot because they have <laughs> so many good players on OKC. As they said at the beginning of, uh, of the broadcast, all their guys are 25 or younger in their starting lineup. They're super, super duper young, so I just can't wait to see this team go in, in, into the playoffs. As we were watching on playback, Somebody said when Jalen Williams hit a three, that guy that guy should be in the three-point contest. He's shooting 45% from three. And I said, whoa, but he doesn't shoot that many. I had to go there. The thing is about OKC, not a, nobody actually, I should say, shoots a lot of threes. Nobody shoots five threes or more on that team. They're a great team. I mean, they just bring it down. Even your Isaiah Joes don't shoot five threes. And Jalen Williams just shoots threes. They're just so... So into the identity and who they are, they are absolutely playing for Digno the way they should be playing. So it was a fun game. Loved it. Orlando just needs a guard. Just needs a... Mm. Even after the game when they retired Shaq's jersey, Paolo Boncaro was asked about the Shaq's jersey being retired. He said, yeah, we didn't win. You know, that was part of his answer. He was just mad. I mean, they have a great identity, I think, uh, in a way. But yeah, he needs some help. He's good, but he needs help. Jalen Williams scored 33 points, and SGA had 32 and 5, and they took turns with the takeover. SGA third quarter, he went nuts, 13 points, 13 
points during a five-minute stretch <laughs> of that third. And he had, uh, you know, later on, he's telling Magic fans to go home after he hit a very tough baseline shot with, like, two and a half to go. They're already there, man. Yeah, Shaq <laughs> dropped a great line. I can't go home. I sold my home. Uh, it was very, very funny. Sold my house. And uh, then J-Dub took over in the fourth quarter, and that's what this guy does. He's done this time and time again this season, uh, just multiple times, taking over in the fourth where he's sort of quiet for a good chunk of the game and then explode. I think he had 10 straight there to start that queue. Yeah, they are pretty lucky to have two absolute nails, crunch time scorers. We've seen Chet Holmgren hit a lot of shots in the clutch as well, but both Shea and Jalen Williams, back-to-back 30-point games, they have like the three best clutch players in the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can just tell they're a little further along in their rebuild than the Magic are because the Magic have a couple of guys who are pretty good in Paolo and Franz and then question marks uh, elsewhere, and it just kind of showed last night that the talent level for OKC is a notch ahead of Orlando. So a great season so far from Orlando. They're just trying to get to OKC's level because they've got their core. They're ready, and they're just adding pieces to it. We'll see whatever happens uh, when Gordon Hayward gets up to speed, what he looks like with this team. But they're going to be tough to beat. That's why you hear everybody saying, can they win the Western Conference? That's a great question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're right there. Uh, I can't wait for them, whoever they play in a postseason, see how far they can go. I Actually, maybe it was, well, obviously it was because Shaq's number was retired last night. But it was tough not to see some similarities between this OKC Thunder team and then the young Shaq Penny-led Magic teams. Not how they play, and not like Shea or J-Dub is like Shaq, but just like they're, a, they're a, a team that a lot of people, I think probably young fans, are like starting to fall in love with because of how they play and the young talent yeah. and the swagger they have. And that was sort of like, you know, what that Orlando Magic team was back in the 90s. And then it didn't take long, led by Shaq, to obviously go to a finals at least, uh, you know, where they came up a little bit short. But that's part of the question, I think. Even yeah. that Orlando Magic team, they lost their first playoff series. They right. lost in the first round. You also hear OKC compared to the Kevin Durant Thunder team that went to the finals in 2012. They lost the first yeah. round series the first time they went to the playoffs. Next year, they went to the conference finals. Then they finally made it to the finals. You got to go through it a little bit yeah. in the playoffs. So the question for me is, does the play-in tournament count? The Thunder made it last year. Do you even remember what happened with them? Yeah, does it count? I don't... No, nobody I, remembers? I don't think it counts in no. the sense... Well, no. They ahead. lost. Well, and they that, didn't make the playoffs. So yeah. they, they beat yeah. the Pelicans yeah. without Zion in the yeah. first one. Right. Shea had 32. Josh Giddy had 31, 10, and 9. And Lou Dort had 27. <laughs> Maybe a lucky win when you really look at it. Then they lost their second game to the Timberwolves by 25. Shot 36% with 17 turnovers. Looked like a young team right. in that one. But those are two high-leverage games. Does it count as losing a first-round series? Is that the same? I don't know. Shea already lost a first-round series with the Clippers, right? I mean, he was in the He lost the playoffs with the Thunder the as well when it was Chris Paul. Yeah. yeah, the Chris Paul times. So maybe he's got some experience. But no, I don't I – don't, doesn't – to me, it doesn't mean anything. Well, hold on, hold on. It, it, it's, a, it's a positive to have a big games, big moments, where you either overcome them or come up short and maybe learn something from it, be it in his Clippers days, Thunder days, with uh, Chris Paul, where now it's a completely different team, of course, and then those playing uh, win and loss. But an actual series is, I think, where you're taking on the same team, obviously, you know, coming back from a bad loss or something like that, playing the same team again. Like, that's that's a little different to me. But you're right, Trey, like, those teams you listed – back to either the Magic days or whatever team you want to pick, you usually have to take your lumps. That's how it just usually goes. Yeah. But every once in a while, there's a special team that sort of like skyrockets to, you know, a conference finals or a finals or, or hell, even a win. But um, I don't think people will be betting right now that OKC is going to you know, win a championship. This year, if I gave you a three-year window, you'd probably be like, okay, I'll take that bet. I like their chances, right? Right. It comes down to, will they win a first round? 
playoff playoff series. Just having been through two for Shea, does that actually help them out while everybody else wasn't around right. for that? I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, well, we, we shall see. I think when you look at the Western Conference standings, you can literally look at all the eight teams. There's going to be 10 minus two when they get there. <laughs> all eight teams, and you would be shocked when one team loses. I mean, all eight can go to the second round. Right. All eight can go to the second round. Literally, all eight. Because you're saying it could be a Kings. It could be uh, a Warriors. It could be a Lakers. Yeah. It could be Clippers, Pelicans. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, yeah. Beyond the, the, the Clippers, um, Thunder, Nuggets, and Timberwolves tier there. Okay, they're the top four. You'd be surprised by one of them losing, I assume. Yeah, but I yeah, think it's more anyway. likely that one of them will. It, it is crazy because outside of, I mean, the Clippers and the Nuggets, those are experienced teams. The Nuggets especially, they won the championship together last year. The Clippers, all of their guys have gone through the postseason quite a few times at this point. But then it's Minnesota and it's OKC, and it's quite likely they run into, like, the Lakers and the Warriors, right. two of the most veteran teams out there. You know people are going to be picking the Lakers, whoever they match up with in the first round of the playoffs, if they make it to the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be all about matchups, especially in the Western Conference, it feels like, but... OKC plays with such confidence, and I love Jalen Williams in the postgame interview afterwards. Uh, Dennis Scott asked him basically this question. What do you say to people who think a team this young can't go through the playoffs? Guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah. That's, that how you, that's how you answer that. That, that was baller. That's how you answer <laughs> that, for sure. Well, after the game, uh, the Magic did retire. Shaquille O'Neal's number 32 jersey, the first in franchise history. Shaq becoming just the second player in NBA history to have his jersey retired by three different franchises he played for, uh, joining Hall of Famer Wilt Chamberlain. There's the whole Pistol Pete Maravich, you know, has uh, does have his jersey retired by three franchises, didn't play for all three. But uh, yeah, O'Neal's number 34 retired by the Lakers in 2013, then his number 32 retired by the Heat in 2016, and finally here, Tass, Shaq's Number 32 goes up to the Orlando Rafters. Did you watch any of the uh, post-game celebration? That's how they did this. They went post-game. It was, it was like an hour long. Uh, plus, <laughs> I mean, I watched a lot of it, so good idea not to do it at halftime, I guess. But any takeaways or, or thoughts on Shaq's jersey being retired there? <laughs> um, I went back, I thought, back to when he was on TNT and he was asked about it and he said, you know, when I got put in the ring of honor, I thought I was getting my jersey retired. <laughs> and he seemed a little a little upset by that. He also said, I was Victor Wambanyama before Victor Wambanyama, which is, I thought was okay. He was. He was. And accurate. Damn athletic and damn good and what he became. Uh, I just like the way he ended his speech. He said to the DeVos family, uh, I'll come work here anytime. I'll retire from TNT. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> just, just give me a call. Yeah. I'll come back home. Uh, hilarious way to end it. Uh, and uh, a beautiful chair. If you're watching on YouTube, we've got a chair for you. Yeah, quite the throne for uh, Mr. Shaquille O'Neal there. I'd love to see Ben Mclemore jump over that. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Uh, my one, my only complaint with this uh, retiring of his jersey number, see what they got there, number 32, like the one that actually went to the rafters? What's going on with the font? That's crazy, man. That's the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. That's not the number font that he had when he was a magic player and jd showed the next photo there where there's a bunch of shacks like that's the one you think of that like sort of more how would you describe that <laughs> almost you like you know the jersey shack war well yeah how you would describe yeah it. yeah but yeah. that two like that not the one they put up there weird decision the very weird especially considering everything else was 
like uh, branded Shaq wise when he played right. there in the nineties. <laughs> the floor was the same. His Jeff Hamilton jacket was the same, and then they put the current look up there. That was very strange to me. Like the Hawks have had a lot of different looks over the years. They just put up whatever jersey that player happened to wear. Yeah. Pistol Pete included. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. But Shaq seemed to be very appreciative. He said, I knew I was gonna get my jersey retired by LSU. I knew it was gonna happen with the Lakers. I didn't really think it would happen with the Magic, because mm-hmm. he only played four seasons there. Uh, Josh Robbins reported for The Athletic that the Magic were waiting. They wanted their first player whose jersey was retired to be somebody who had won a championship. Sure. It obviously has not happened yet, and it's the 35th anniversary of the team. Then Shaq also said, I thought it would be number two. I thought Nick Anderson would be the guy, you know, kind of the original Mr. Magic there. But uh, it was really cool seeing him bring back all the people he played with, uh, say something about him. At one point, he said that, his former coach, Bob Hill, looks like Bob Barker. Yep. I'm not into elderly men, but you, God damn, you look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Shaq was in his bag, I thought. He was pretty funny on the broadcast. Yeah, kill him. Uh, at one point, he uh, mentioned watching uh, Chris Webber be drafted. He said, I was eating some Papa John's and drinking some Pepsi. It's <laughs> 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 like Garth Algar in Wayne's World. Uh, it was great, man. He referenced blue chips. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Like, Penny was there, obviously, 3D. Nick Anderson, like you said. That was neat that Shaq brought them all up. He literally brought up, like, every former Orlando Magic player to, like, stand (laughs) beside him and take a photo. Even Jeff Turner was standing there, who I, of course, told this story before. (laughs) I once was at basketball camp, and Jeff Turner was there. I don't think he missed a shot the entire week. That's why they call him JTMF Money. (laughs) That's right, man. He never missed. Because he was up in Canada for one week in southern Ontario, putting on a clinic for uh, kids like me back in the day. (laughs) I had to look I had to look that up who he was referring to <laughs> there. because he said Jeff JT Turner, MF money and MF stands exactly what you yeah, think it stands yeah, for yeah. he was good I, I'm glad they just settled their beef because Shaq left for LA in part because they didn't offer him enough money oh, yeah. uh, in in 1996 so that they had their beef and it just shows beefs are settled I mean we're, we're raps <laughs> fans here Vince left didn't go that well no, and there were there was some booing when he came back but all that is under the rug, so that'll happen. It'll mm-hmm. happen. I, I am surprised, just like Charles said, Charles Barkley said this on TNT here in the Kia Center. Shaq, or Charles said, oh, you're getting a Kia? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shaq said, no, 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 come on. Yeah, and Charles said, yeah, talk to my man Person. He'll get you a telly ride. Uh, and Shaq's, Shaq said, quote, I had to listen to this so many times. Big dogs don't drive Kias. Come on, man. You see that EV9 that was advertised in the Super Bowl? Things are changing with Kias. They got nice stuff. There's four EV9 models. You can go up for the big dogs. You can go down for people who can afford it. There's lots of good models out there. Um, Kias changing. Big dogs don't drive Kias. Not an ad. Big dogs don't drive Kias. That's awesome. Um, Oh, yeah. Brian Hill's speech. He was saying, like, all I do is have uh, icy hots after playing tennis. Uh, All of my cars are insured by the general he was dropping like all of the, <laughs> all of the shack endorsements it's just like a little line after a little line after a little it's line. so funny like any other person it's like what a fucking sellout like this guy give it a break but for whatever reason shack we like we love it we yeah. applaud it it's like yep he endorses everything i mean he's a billionaire at this point uh because he does doesn't just endorse it he usually has a part of the company yeah. um i, I mean know, it's, just hilarious. It's, it's so crazy how much shack has endorsed that during the broadcast Somebody said, or I guess it was Stan Van Gundy mentioned that we're not going to really count Pistol Pete tonight because the Pelicans retired his number. He didn't actually play for the Pelicans, blah, blah, blah. And Shaq responds, goodpoint.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
but he's endorsed so much stuff the task looked up goodpoint.com and he's like wait a second here this might be Shaq doing some promo work here trying to find developers and you can't deny it it might be Uh, we're also we need to make sure that saying sticks we gotta give that a chance goodpoint.com when you agree with something somebody says I love it yeah and he actually took the podium before the game and he did a little uh little answering questions and and he said listen on the floor i want to be remembered for being one of the most dominant players in the league but off the floor i just want to be remembered for being a nice guy that's it nothing else matters yeah uh so yeah he's also he's also great on the mic i mean just the one lines we'll remember him for that he's just killer on the mic there a lot of the broadcasts he has been like the third guy calling games like he's done this before right yeah they're not that great usually, but last night because probably this he ha- he was energetic and he was funny and it was like he was actually adding some fun to the broadcast. So I enjoyed it. Good stuff there. Yeah. Uh, all right, well let's move on here. That's enough on Shaq getting his jersey retired. Uh, the Suns outlasted the Kings despite a monster triple double from Sabonis, despite De'Aaron Fox scoring forty, and uh, in the end it was sort of Booker hitting shots uh, down the stretch that, uh, you know, he, he sort of beat them in the final two and a half minutes, if we're being honest, just Booker creating space and just getting to his spot, knocking them down. But fun game, 130-125. Uh, fun game, but you don't want to get into a shooting match with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker because they will win those more often than not. You mentioned huge games from the, uh, from the Kings' stars, 40 for Fox. Sabonis had 35, 18, and 12. He's leading the league in triple doubles right now. Just waiting for a call about uh, the injury replacement for Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) Malik Monk added 22 points and they still lost. That seems crazy to me. Two things stuck out. Back-to-back turnovers with two minutes left for the Kings. That was bad. And then they also sent the Suns to the free throw line nine times in the fourth quarter. You can't give up possessions. You can't give up easy points in a game this tight. That's why the Kings have kind of struggled in the clutch this year compared to how they were last year. And then, most importantly, their Suns' role players were a lot better last night. Royce O'Neal was incredible uh, for a nine-point game. He had a couple of threes, but he also had five assists and four steals. They were using him in the short roll, and the passing was pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grayson Allen had 19 points, and Eric Gordon had 23 points. You can tell it's early in Royce O'Neal's tenure because he threw an alley-oop to Eric Gordon. (laughs) Whoops. That was crazy, man. Wrong Gordon. Gordon went up and got it. (laughs) That was awesome, though. Uh, He looked good, uh, I thought, Royce O'Neal. And just getting those role-player performances were the difference. Yeah, him playing a huge role in that fourth quarter was a little surprising because Frank Vogel said before the game, we're going to play him about 15 minutes. He ended up playing 30. <laughs> he played a ton, and he was, you know, besides their big three plus Grayson Allen, obviously Beal went out of this game. We'll talk about that in a second. But he was just a huge part of their rotation, and I just wonder if he ends games now. Uh, this was This was a guy we thought, okay, He'll be in the rotation, but he played alongside Grayson Allen in, in the end there, and Nurkic was coming in and out. So I just wonder if, if this guy and his scrappiness is going to be huge for them because um, he really was a guy also getting emotion out of Kevin Durant too. He was just he was just glue for this team and an identity for this team in that fourth quarter. Crunch time minutes. This he just it looks like he could help their identity a, a little bit because mm-hmm. they're I think they're lacking that a little bit. I know I know Book is a, a tough dude, but I think I think they're uh, they're just missing something from that in the rotation. But he was awesome, obviously. Nine points, four boards, five assists, 
what? And four steals. Uh, that was that's a great Royce O'Neal game. Flirting with a five by five. Flirting with it. Uh, that is friggin' unbelievable. Yeah, big steals, big plays, just scrapping out there in in, in the fourth quarter where he played a ton beside Grayson Allen, who's obviously you know besides the big three, Grayson Allen and him. Uh, Grayson Allen, he's a lock. He threw up a grenade, as as Harlan said. Grayson Allen with a grenade because he just chucked one in there. Grenadeson Allen, it's not a bad nickname if, you know, he starts chucking threes. But the Bradley Beal injury is concerning as freaking always, and he's going to be out again tonight because he's missed so much time this season. Now, hamstring, and then he misses tonight's game. I thought coming into the season, all that injury worry was just it was overrated and doing the math. It's like the last two years, yeah, he's missed time. But the two years before that, he played through most of it, and those were really short schedules, even though it looks like he didn't play 70 games. Those were just short schedules. But there's some worry there. Mm-hmm. I think there's there, a broken face, now a hamstring injury, um, and the back again this season. Worries there for Phoenix. Yep, but they uh, obviously got the victory and one more game, like you said here, before the All-Star break. We have 26 of the 30 teams playing tonight, uh, the Wednesday night, and then obviously the final night before the All-Star break. Uh, I guess there's three games on on Thursday night. Uh, moving on, Jovic, not Jokic, Jovic scores a career-high 24. Bam gets a triple-double as the Heat beat the Bucks. 123 to 97. Duncan Robinson was great in this game, but yeah, Jovic was the real standout star. Uh, probably like the the most shocking win from the Miami Heat this season. Maybe the most impressive when you consider like the guys they were missing to go in and beat Milwaukee. Uh, but what do you think of this one, Tess? Woof! Uh, <laughs> it was uh, hard to watch the Milwaukee Bucks after beating the Denver Nuggets in the way they did come out and just lay one. Um, the yeah, way, gave up 40 in the first quarter. Yeah, it? yeah. okay, they're in a back-to-back, so maybe they yeah. should be tired. But you shouldn't allow 40 in the first quarter, number one. And number two, I, I just didn't think they were distributing the ball like they should be. Um, they just weren't moving it around. So it's hard to, to really decipher what's going on with this Doc Rivers scenario. It just feels like maybe they, he hasn't gotten through to them yet. Uh, maybe he doesn't know everybody's names. As he said, I don't know some of my young guys' names which I find hard to believe because I thought he was part of that whole thing in the in-season tournament where he talked to Adrian Griffin. You should know the young guy's names. But, he was uh, also on a broadcast. He was also on a broadcast. Uh, <laughs> so, where it's his job to yes. know the young guy's yeah. names. But. Yeah. Anyway, maybe it was a joke. Nah, I didn't like it. Um, but anyway, maybe this uh, all-star break where they do get some time off and they do get some more practices allows them to develop some things and believe in each other. But I just can't buy that this back-to-back is a reason that they should fall flat the way they did and allow 123 points to open three-point shooters, but also on the offensive end. Again, they didn't seem to be playing all together like they should be. Yeah, I mean, it's the third game in four nights for the Bucks. They just blew out two teams prior to this, and the defense in those two games was pretty solid. They held the Hornets to 84 points. They don't got a lot of scores right now, but they held the Nuggets to 95 and mm-hmm. beat them so bad that they held out two of their starters in the second half of the game. So I'll give them a little bit of a break, but this was one of their poorest defensive performances, I thought, since Doc Rivers has taken over. They just couldn't keep up with the screening action that the Heat were doing. That's somewhere that the Bucks struggle. Something Doc Rivers said needed to change when he came in was navigating screens. 
and the Heat just run screen after screen after screen for their shooters, dribble handoffs, pick and rolls. It led to Miami getting up 43-pointers. They only averaged 33, which is 18th in the league. They hit 19 of them yeah. because they were pretty open looks. The Bucks were just having uh, trouble communicating on the switches. 34 assists on 45 makes uh, for Miami. They just play really, really well <laughs> against uh, the Bucks just because I think they know how to pick them apart uh, is what it turns out to be. But it's going to be bad if Nikola Jovic is good. Oh, my God. We got a, we got a great Nikola Jokic. We've got a Nikola Jovic on his way up, and apparently a guy in the draft next season is going to be Nikola Topic, T-O-P-I-C. It'd be like uh, in an English-speaking nation if there was like a Nick James, a Nick Jones, and a Nick Johnson, and they were all great players. <laughs> so it's going to get confusing, So man. you're almost fearful that Jovic is going to be something here. Like he, and he might be. Because like we were saying like when all the injuries happened, some of those guys, it was like, okay, maybe this is Caleb Martin's time to sort of get going. And like mm-hmm. he had a really quiet night. It was Jovic going for 24, 7, 3 assists. He hit five threes. I mean, he had four guys hit all their threes. You said they hit 19? Yeah. It was Duncan Robinson on fire. Hero did his thing hitting three. Jovic hit five. And then Kevin Love. I mean, a day before Valentine's Day. We should have seen it coming. Kevin Love hits five threes <laughs> as well. But, uh, yeah, this guy's good, too. And he will be because he's on the Miami Heat. <laughs> I mean, it's, exactly. it's incredible. He's going to average 25 a game for the next week. Watch. Watch. It'll happen. I mean, Hawkins Jr. was really good off the bench, too. But this was an ass-kicking here. And, and Bam had this triple-double. A lot of that's, you know, starts – the action starts with Bam and all the, the screening and stuff like that. And the playmaking he shows as a big guy. Yeah, Nikolajovic is a guy that they said, no, we're not including in trades. And we all wondered, why not? Go, go no, get they somebody. put him in all the trades. They, Re- were, they weren't putting Hawkes in trades. Yeah. Really? Jovic was the guy on offer, but he wasn't playing like this. Oh, I thought it was going back to last year that, that he wasn't involved in all the trades. But anyway, I could be wrong. Um, he had time to just lace up every basketball. Yeah. Like, he just We were able to look at the laces, the way he was open. Same with Kevin Love uh, in this one. And... Yeah, they go going back to last season and the way they were getting open looks against this Milwaukee Bucks team in the first round when they beat them, it looked... It looked freaking similar. Mm. Uh, so that is the scary part. They did. Have, it was three games in five nights. They had two days off uh, before the the back to back. That's. And I know, and I know that the Doc Rivers thing is maybe something to chew on here as we go into uh, the break. But you also got Giannis and Damian Lillard going to play in the All Star game. You don't got a lot of time and a lot of practices. I doubt they're going to get a lot of practices in. I think that's the – obviously this team is good, but they're not the two seed anymore, and they ain't going to finish there, uh, unfortunately. It's scary times there uh, for the Bucks. Lillard is in a major slump right yeah. now. 16 points on 14 shots last night, five assists to three turnovers. In his last 20 games, a quarter of the season, he's aver- averaging 23 a game which isn't a lot for Damian Lillard, uh, and he's shooting 40% from the field and 30% from three. For as much as we talk about uh, the two-man game with Giannis and Dame, as much as we talk about the Bucks' depth and their defense, if Lillard isn't playing like a superstar, this is not the team that people were expecting. Yeah, it's a good point, because with like Damian Lillard of old, it would be like three amazing games, and then there's maybe one where he can't hit a shot, right? So it's a bad game. But it almost feels like it feels flipped to me this year where it's like maybe one out of every four games is the big Damian Lillard game. And I know maybe the stats don't back that up, but it feels like that where he doesn't have like those monster games in a row. He's struggling to string them together. So 
Yeah. Something to watch. And yeah, like, I mean, they need Damian, they need the sort of Blazers Damian Lillard probably to win a championship or at least through some of the series when they get a little tougher if they advance. They just need to avoid the Miami Heat at all costs. <laughs> Wherever the Heat are, Milwaukee, you got to dodge them, man. Do, you know, don't be too proud. Don't. Just don't play them and uh, try and avoid them if you can. Don't the Celtics feel the same way? <laughs> yes, but uh, not. I guess they've beaten them this year, right? In the regular season. I think they've taken uh, oh, care regular of season. Well, I know it's a different piece. <laughs> it's a different piece. Yeah, uh, it's but, up to Dave Yeager, who is uh, the guy that Doc Rivers brought over as his offensive coordinator from last year with the Philadelphia 76ers, who just ran Harden and beat Harden and beat Harden and beat to do that in the second half. I think to get Lillard going a little bit, he just needs to feel a little bit like his Portland self, where he had the ball in his hands at all times. I th- I, that's the only mistake I can see. Why why Lillard would be having an off season? Uh, he just, the numbers aren't there. Um, so and, and the fact that Middleton is hurt probably just elevates Lillard um, to more ball handling and just more pick and roll going with uh, Giannis. Three other games last night, just chucking them at you here. Uh, Tatum scored 41. Celtics beat the Nets 118-110 for their fifth straight win. He had 31 at the half, and then he turned into a playmaker in the second half. Anthony Edwards, he had 41 as the Wolves won their first of two against the Blazers, 121-109. And then LeBron and AD led the Lakers past the Pistons, 125-111, for their fifth victory in six games. Any thoughts, TK, on uh, those three there? Some big scoring performances from some stars in the league. One of the best things going in the NBA right now is Anthony Edwards going for a blowout bank shot. (laughs) They smacked the Clippers. He banked in a three from the left wing on purpose. He was like one for ten from three and shot a banked-in shot from three and then started pointing at his teammates on the bench. Completely intentional. Last night, another blowout win for the Timberwolves. 41 points, and his last shot was a lefty floater bank. Mm. And then he runs up the court looking at his left hand. He's just messing around. They said on the Timberwolves broadcast, he's just trying stuff out there. That's what Larry Bird did. I was going to say. That's what Kobe Bryant did. Yeah. Pretty special. Yeah, and other guys are using the glass for the pass. As you uh, you wrote about the Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> sure, sure. He's copying everybody. Just pass it to himself. That was it. Chuck it off the glass, man. Yeah, that was, he wasn't in the lane. He was, he was pretty deep mm-hmm. for uh, passing to himself. Yeah, you, use that glass. It is great to see the Wolves. Uh, I think, I know this is just the Blazers, but they do look a little bit better since the, since the Monte Morris trade, and they had that film session where they're trying to, talk to each other and say, let's move that freaking ball in the fourth quarter. And they look a little different. They look more like a team, even though they were atop the standings. They struggled in the fourth quarter. So they, they do look like a team that would be surprising if they lost a first-round series. That Western Conference is rough. It's going to be it's gonna be fun. Yeah, good game from the uh, bench guys for uh, the Wolves last night. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, awesome. Six of seven. He hit five threes. So he had 18 points. Nas Reed, drop your Nas Reeds in the chat. He had 10 points, a couple boards. Couple defensive, you know, two blocks of steel, and then Kyle Anderson in about 22 minutes doing Kyle Anderson things with eight and eight, eight being assists there to go along with the points. So good stuff from them. Well, let's pivot to uh, some of those superstars and go into the latest MVP straw poll from Timmy Bontemps at ESPN. Yeah, Nuggets big man Nikola Jokic, not Jovic, Jokic <laughs> uh, leads the way in ESPN's latest NBA MVP straw poll. He tops, Jokic does, mm-hmm. the likes of uh, SGA and Giannis. Um, Joel Embiid was long considered a top candidate for the MVP award, but he remained sidelined after undergoing knee surgery. So no votes for Embiid this time around. Does anything surprise you guys about the latest straw poll from ESPN when it comes to NBA MVP? 
Uh, to me, the biggest takeaway is that Jason Tatum is way too low. I sixth is way too low for Jason Tatum. Twenty-seven, eight, and five. That's like MVP numbers yeah. prior to the twenty twenties. He's got good efficiency. He plays good defense. He's been on the best team in the league team in the league for the entire season. Uh, but the Celtics are such a good team that. Tatum doesn't really get a lot of the credit for it, despite having a great season. And he has no narrative right now. And you got to have a narrative because I think that's why Kawhi Leonard is in the top five. That's why Jalen Brunson made it to number seven. And that's why Donovan Mitchell made it to number eight after none of them were in the top 10 during the first drop hole. They had major leaps during the second, I don't know, third of the season, uh, whatever you want to call it. But the Celtics have been there the entire time with kind of the the similar core that they've had since Tatum got there. So it just doesn't feel so new. I personally think he should be at at least in the top five, just Mm -hmm. on the best player on the best team case. Yeah, no, it's true. And he's having his most efficient shooting season of his career. He's averaging a career high assists. uh, Tatum is at 4.7. You're right. The the Celtics are 42 and 12, but it's uh, definitely the narrative part where people are like, You've been like on the MVP list for a couple years now, and obviously haven't got the big one, mm-hmm. and and your stats are similar, and you're on a you know a stacked team, like a really good team, and that's why he's being overlooked. But then he goes and has 41 and 14 last night, and so yeah, like, oh, God, yeah, he probably should be higher. But I mean, I will say the names above him are having incredible years too. Like you can make a case that Luca should be higher with the numbers that guy puts up and is actually the leading scorer now after Embiid went down. So it's tough, but. Do you have thoughts on this? Well, yeah, it just seemed like Tatum is going to get back to that same spot. He was fourth in MVP uh, voting last year. He'll probably be there again. I just don't see him in the top three. Um, Mm. But it's like an annual thing uh, now with Jason Tatum where he's fourth is the highest that he was last year. This team is by far and away the best team in the NBA. So it just doesn't doesn't seem like he's going to win one. Uh, when, when it comes to voting. Well, this is an interesting note. The leader in the second straw poll, so Embiid in 2022 and Jokic last year, they have been surpassed by the second-place finisher in official award voting for the past two seasons. So if you're an SGA fan and you want him to win MVP, maybe that bodes well for you uh, with him sitting right now in second behind Jokic. But, man, if Jokic wins, what, his third MVP trophy, he joins a very... Short list, I mean, eight players in NBA history with three MVPs or more. You know, some of these guys like Kareem with six and Bill Russell and Jordan with five, Wilt and LeBron with four, and then a bunch of other guys, Moses Malone, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird with three. Jokic would be there, and that would be, what, three and four years, too? Yes. The list is even shorter for guys who have done that. And, I mean, you could argue he just bowed out of the race last year. I know. There's a reason he was leading at the second straw poll. They locked in their number one seed, and then he didn't want to be a part of the MVP conversation. Now it's not a rivalry. It's not between him and Embiid this time, so maybe he plays it out. Also, the Nuggets aren't going to be locked into the one seed because the uh, standings are so bunched together. So perhaps it's more important for Jokic to be playing late into the season. Mm -hmm. I'm also shocked one person left Shea Gilgis-Alexander out of the top five. Yeah, what the hell? Come on. (laughs) That's That's a crazy one. Oversight? Yeah, I mean, sure, if you don't want to have him first, second, maybe even third, I'd leave him off the top five. I believe Bontemps does this like an actual official MVP vote where he's like, hey, Tass, who do you have one through five? Give me your top five. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's weird. This is going to be a fun Nikola Topic. As you said, uh, he's Nikola Topic coming next year, but it's spelled T-O-P-I-C with the, with the accent on the C. So uh, every year, yeah, Jokic is part of the Topics for sure. Yeah, he was, until Embiid went out, uh, he, you know, he was second in the straw poll. It'll change. It'll change from, from blow to blow. Do you want to tr- put in a guy 
that hasn't won yet is is I think what's going to be the uh, the biggest blow to Jokic. Right. So an SGA, an SGA, a p- potential Tatum, potential Tatum, yeah, or a Luca. Yeah. Or right. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Or, or a Kawhi. I mean, <laughs> I, I love how Kawhi was not rated in these straples at all. And now he is because he's freaking Kawhi Leonard, and he could be part of the best team in the Western Conference. That's not, that's not far off right. uh, to see him part of that. I know the like just looking at the schedules, the Milwaukee Bucks schedule is rough in the second half. I don't know if they're going to end a third, um, but the Clippers they could end one, and Kawhi could be the MVP, his first MVP. All right, we got to take a break, but when we come back, it's Valentine's Day, so we got some lovely questions for the guys. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Hopefully you got your flowers and your chocolate and all that good stuff. Maybe your Valentine's Day cards. I got some questions for you guys. NBA-themed Valentine's Day edition. Oh, love is in the air. Derek Rose, Josh Hart, Kevin Love. Denzel Valentine. Thank you. Isaiah Hartenstein. Love it. Um, so here we go. First one. Which team deserves more love on this Valentine's Day? Maybe a team we do not talk about enough. Great lower thirds, JD. Love the touch, the flair. TK, get us started. Which team deserves more love? I think it's the New Orleans Pelicans. Okay. Because I was looking at some teams who have the best record since December 1st. I sorted it by net rating, and then I looked at all the teams in the top 10. Cleveland Cavaliers. They're a candidate here, yes. I think, for a team that needs more love, but we've given them love. Boston yeah. Celtics, we talk about them. Thunder, we talk about them. Clippers, we talk about them. Timberwolves, mm. I hear your beef. Timberwolf fans, <laughs> but we do love us some Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. We talk about him quite a bit. New York Knicks, they're seventh. Talk about them all the time. The Bucks have dominated the conversation. 76ers, not as much anymore since Embiid went down, but we'll see. And the Suns, we talk about them quite a bit. Pelicans, though, sixth best net rating since December 1st. Jonas Valanciunas has missed zero games. Brandon Ingram has missed four games, and those are the only healthy guys, really, for the Pelicans this year. Herb Jones has missed five. Zion's missed 11. C.J. McCollum has missed 14. That's their starting lineup, and somehow they're still 13th in offense and 7th in defense with some really solid wins this season. They beat the Knicks. They beat the Thunder in OKC. They beat Denver. They beat the Clippers in L.A. twice. Beat the 76ers. Beat the Minnesota Timberwolves in Minnesota and uh, in New Orleans. Beat the Cavs in Cleveland. They beat the Kings four times. They beat the Mavs twice. Beat the Warriors in Golden State. That's a bunch of really good wins. (laughs) And... It just feels like they're kind of cruising along. Who knows if anybody will take them in a playoff series. It'll depend on who they play against. But it's like, we've had a good Brandon Ingram season. We've had a good Zion season. It doesn't feel like either of them are completely dominating. They're just a really deep team that mm-hmm. is having some success here in the regular season. It's a good one. It's totally the one that nobody talks about. It's the best team that nobody talks about. Absolutely. When you look at the standings, them being 10 games above 500. <laughs> if you look across the board, 
they are talked about. I think part of the problem is that the Western Conference is just so damn good with the Wolves, Thunder, Clippers, Nuggets, Suns above them. All those five teams are talked about a decent amount. And then right below them, the Mavs, the Kings, who probably deserve a little bit more love, Lakers, Warriors, big, big markets. So the Pelicans are hurt again, uh, just that they should be better um, or should be more talked about and that they are a tinier market. But you bring up Zion and and the, the guys that aren't injured this season, Zion being one of them, I think that's the most important thing uh, because last year uh, they don't go into the playoffs because of injuries. The year before that, they took the Suns to six games in a great series but didn't win it because they were injured, because Zion wasn't playing. This season, I have said, Zion Williamson does not look like the superstar we all you know, we all yearn for, we all juiced for. I'm so excited to watch this guy. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing he's playing and will be in a postseason because he just needs to be in a postseason. So the fact that they're healthy, maybe doesn't get the headlines, maybe doesn't get the national media love. But, yeah, they're just so damn good. And, and I, frankly, all these teams, all those teams I mentioned, the top ten, including the Pelicans, if they're all healthy, I would be surprised for them to lose a playoff series. Zion hasn't been in the playoffs yet. But we saw what they did to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. If he was there, they probably win that series, and it's a whole different thing. So it's a good thing, uh, even though it isn't as sexy. It's a good pick. I feel like what happened with them, well, it's two things. Zion's just going about his business. He's playing, but there's no like, oh, my God, did you see what Zion did last night? There just isn't because he's like gone for 45 or 50 or dunked on somebody. So it's been quiet in like the highlights mm-hmm. sort of department, mm-hmm. and that gets your casuals going and buzzing and talking about the team. So that's sort of non-existent. That's okay. Brandon Ingram, he's, I don't know, he always feels like one of the most overlooked stars in this league. Terribly underrated in my opinion. And then what happened was that damn in-season tournament. I'm convinced <laughs> when they botched it and you know looked bad at the wrong time when there was a bunch of eyeballs on them, the rest of the league, the NBA media was like, okay, we're done with you. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see him maybe come April if, you, if you're around. I feel like that happened with them because, yeah, they've beaten all these good teams. They play some really competitive games, uh, you know, when they're healthy and you got Herb Jones doing his thing and Alvarado and, like, they're a scrappy bunch. But uh, that's my answer as well for a team that deserves more love. I think the Wolves I would include a little bit too. They are leading the Western Conference. We were wondering, can this even work with these two guys, Cat and Rudy? I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, 22.5 points per game, 8.5 boards, 3 assists, 52-44-88 shooting splits for this big guy in playing over 50 games. Barely a peep (laughs) about Carl Anthony Towns because Anthony Edwards has blossomed into a star. Rudy's doing his thing, has that team playing the number one defense along with McDaniels. All these other guys contributing, but... He just like gets overlooked now too, and probably for, for the best when it comes yeah. to the Wolves. Really, it probably is for their you know chances to actually make some noise in a playoff series. But they they do get overlooked. They've got the identity of being the best defense yeah. in the league, but they are lacking a little bit overall on the offensive end. But I do think they're trying to overcome that with the the fact that they're trying to share the ball a lot more in the fourth quarter. And I, and I think Anthony Edwards. And Carl Anthony Towns maybe have been a little bit guilty of being the offense in the fourth quarter. So they're trying to get over that. Um, they have that. They have that negative, I suppose. But, but every but, team has a negative. But like when I like, I'm not saying that I would be picking them to win the title. But if you actually step back and go, 
look at the recipe for their team. Why aren't they in the conversation that they could go very far and maybe challenge for a championship? They have the best defense. That usually helps. Then you have two guys, a perimeter guy and a big guy, who can take over games. Obviously, Anthony Edwards can. And Cat has shown that he has before as well. They got like a vet in Conley. Like they have pieces like that. It's like, it all makes sense that this should team should be like poised to to make a good run, but it feels like nobody would like be picking them in maybe a first round series, let alone a second round series against some of these other teams. I mean, there are go bear question marks come playoff times. There are Carl Anthony Towns question marks come playoff times based on their careers up to this point. And then I think there's a big question mark of what their offense actually looks like once they get to uh, the postseason because they do have the best defense in the league, but it seems to be more so these days that having a good offense is what actually wins come playoff time. They're 17th right now and in the fourth quarter, they can look bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it can just look like Anthony Edwards, please save us. He often does, and it looks incredible, but he takes a lot of really tough shots. He sometimes has blinders on, I think. It, there's just question marks yeah. uh, for this team that need to be answered when it really, really matters. Yep. All right, next question here. Tass, you get us started. Who is your NBA role player, Valentine? Oh, I'm going deep, baby. I'm going with Justice Winslow. Holy who, crap. Who doesn't play in the NBA? He was just signed to yeah. a 10-way – a 10 – Day, not a 10-way. I don't think it's 10-way with Justice. So anyway, 10-day. Well, at the Toronto Raptors, and he's out there playing for the Raptors 905 team. You're going into the corner, swatting shots, doing a bunch of Swiss Army things that Justice Winslow is known for, assisting, rebounding. He's 27 years old and hasn't played in the NBA for a full year, uh, mainly because he was injured. But he was a number 10 pick way back when for the Miami Heat, and they said – a lot of times, we are not trading this guy. We drafted him so high, he looks really good. He can defend everybody, one through five. And I'm buying it. I'm buying that he'll make a return to the NBA. You know, he, he, did the, he did the Heat thing. Uh, obviously, he did a little Clipper thing, did the Blazers thing, and then had to have surgery, so he was out. So he will be back again, 27 years old. He looks perfect for the NBA. He's also just had a lot of off-court issues. Jason Stark wrote about it. Um, Jason Quick. Jason Stark. Jason Quick wrote about it, not Jason Stark. Love Jason Stark on the Athletic. Yeah, also he writes about Jason David Quick. Justice. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he writes about a lot of uh, a lot of issues everywhere in baseball for sure. Um, Jason Quick wrote about everything off the court that had Justice Winslow struggling a little bit, and it's it's a great article how he found a way with Eric Spolstra and the things he did with your your buddy Leonard. Uh, Leonard Miller? Laird, yeah, Laird. No, Laird Hamilton. Um, I threw I threw Leonard in there. Laird what Hamilton. The hell are you doing? Oh, okay. Laird <laughs> Ham- Justice Winslow worked out with Laird Hamilton? Uh, yes. Oh, let yes. me guess. Was he running on the bottom of an ocean floor holding a rock? <laughs> I bet your ass he was. Dumbbells. But, oh. uh, yeah. Uh, basically, same stuff, yeah. yeah. Uh, I call him Leonard for some reason. Anyway. Laird. Uh, Laird. His name is Laird. Laird. Um, it's a great article about the struggles that he had, and I think he has <coughs> fought to overcome them the last couple of years. He'll be back, baby. Okay. Wow, that is a deep cut NBA role player Valentine. But Tass loves himself Come some on. Justice Winslow. He is a great role player. He was great on the basketball Jones when we had him on. Or I guess he was it was the starters, technically. Uh, when we had him on in Summer League, he was there being the judge. I was waiting for he him. He was great. It was a long time. It was a long time ago, but he's had some great ups. We'll get back there. Do you have an NBA role player? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, my homer pick is Andre Drummond. Okay. 
Uh, favorite bull to watch, just a hilarious guy. The gentleman is what we've been calling him in the group chats. Uh, my new homer pick, watch the Hawks a lot. Jalen Johnson is the guy. Yeah. But my out-of-the-box pick, kind of odd because we were just talking about how we never show this team enough love. Nas Reed. Ah, I like one. Nas Reed, man. A yeah. career high in points this season. He's shooting 41% from three, which is a career high. And it's just rare to see a big guy be a bench bucket. So I love when that happens. Like, I don't know, Greg Monroe. That was a guy who would come in and just give you buckets off the bench. Uh, there's, for whatever reason, a Nas Reed argument going on here in the stream team sure. prior to this, talking about is he good or is he not good. He's fun to watch, man. Yeah, <laughs> It's your yeah. Valentine. Yeah. It's your pick. That's what I like about this one. I'm going to go with uh, Malik Monk as my NBA role player Valentine. Obviously in the running, again, for uh, sixth man of the year. I think he finished fourth maybe in the voting last year. He'll probably be top five again, top three, uh, maybe win it. Uh, it's cooled off a little bit, but gives you 15 and five in very limited minutes. And what I love about him is like he can hit you a game winner, which he's done uh, over the last couple of years. And he can also give you like a huge poster dunk. Like this guy is like always in the top 10 highlights of the night. You always get like a Malik Monk uh, throwdown. So I love that. Love how he plays. And just a weird stat I saw from NBA University on Twitter last night Malik Monk leads the entire NBA in assists per game on half-court drives. More than Luka, more than Halliburton, more than SGA, Monk leads that category. He only averages 25 minutes per game, and he's 23rd in drives per game. But, you know, guys knock down shots when Monk is passing it to him. So I thought that was a fun step, but I love watching him play on the Kings. He had a nice run last night, I thought. Yeah. Highlight factory. He's, he's exactly. He is uh, He's a highlight factory for sure. He All took right. over in the second quarter, and I saw that they were – saying if you're a big fan of Malik Monk, you're part of the monastery. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's good. He's got a great name, underrated name. Yeah, Malik definitely. Monk. Yeah. Both, uh, both sound cool together. Uh, okay, well, next question. TK, get us started. What candy heart message would you like to send to an NBA player? <laughs> We're talking sweethearts. We're talking you know? sweethearts. Yeah, little mm. messages uh, on those, I don't know, chalky-like candies. Yeah, not a great candy. I hate those. Yeah, <laughs> I was Googling. I was Googling you like the them? messages. I like them. Oh, they're just sugar. <laughs> Sugar fills. Man, I haven't I haven't eaten one in a long time. I've graduated to high class candies. Oh, <laughs> like what? What would be Peanut your... M&M's. Oh, okay, that's a What would be my number one? I don't know. I just finished all of my peppermint bark from Christmas this last week. <laughs> Tragedy, man. I had to switch to the chocolate passport. Have you got your uh, Girl Scout cookies in <laughs> yet? Oh, yeah. I just yeah, ordered some. Oh, my goodness. I got so many at my house. Oh, yeah? Shout out to the Lemon Ups. You like the Lemon Ups? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lemon Ups were a good uh, recent addition to the lineup. Much better than Toffee Tastic. I was disappointed. Okay. <laughs> no I, offense. I'm a big fan of. Uh, are they Adventurefuls? Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a new game. Oh, yeah, those uh, ones look good. I like those. Yeah. I like I like just the how they look. Period. Yeah. I like the t- the perimeter to the inside. Uh, they 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 play an outside inside they game. Play an outside inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good. Those are good. What, well, they're not arriving fast enough. I've made two orders. Oh, I, ju- I just made my order. With- uh, some of yours are at my house. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> Did you pick delivery in person or mailed? Mailed. Oh, what? The whole point is the, the Girl Scout is supposed to learn the a valuable lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Of, uh, I'm just kidding. That's what it says on the website. <laughs> it does. I looked at that. I'm like, who can I find somebody for them to deliver to? Because our buddy Grish sent another message and oh, said, yeah. "Just, just following up here. Order your stuff." <laughs> yeah, they're not <laughs> hitting their they're not hitting their quota right now. Nah, she's short. They're they're not going to be sleeping over at the aquarium if they don't sell these boxes of cookies. So <laughs> yeah. buy some aquarium sleepover. <laughs> yeah. 
sleep with the fishes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a mobster. Okay, what, well, yeah, the question. What can uh, yes, 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 yes. I Googled these yeah. uh, to remember what they say, and one that I had forgotten. Yeah. Uh, I was going to send a Candy Heart message to this player no matter what, but then I saw one that said Sweet Pea. <laughs> you don't hear that very yeah. much. Uh, so I'm sending that to Paolo Boncaro. Okay. I think that could be a nice nickname for him. Sweet, sweet P. P. <laughs> he would drop the P-E-A, just go to straight up P, like spicy P, because this guy is sweet to watch. He is my highest <laughs> league pass riser this season. Right. I just love the way Paolo plays. He's humongous, and he's still a great athlete. You're hearing yeah. him get compared to LeBron James right now. His combi- uh, like his combination of size yeah. and skill. You know, I think his jump shot has come along a little bit. Still a ways to go. His playmaking is there, and he's willing to take the big shots. He had to do that kind of on his own for a stretch while Franz Wagner was out. It was good. It was bad at some points. It was clunky, but he's a fun bully ball kind of guy to watch. So that's my sweet pea. Sweet pea. I like he's it. Sweet. He's sweet. That's good. What are you yeah, sending? Yeah, he butter out there, man. Last <laughs> night, yeah. He just For a big man to have that turnaround shot that's just so smooth. It's that great. was his first nationally televised game, was it not? Yeah, last night's game against the Thunder. Yeah, the old that's magic crazy. haven't been uh... – nationally televised recently i don't think they've been on in like 10 years they say yeah it's been a long time <laughs> it's been a while well uh, where are you going or what are you sending uh, to a player i too had to look this up and think about what do these things have on them <laughs> there's like they have like a million of them oh, yeah. sayings yes right yeah <laughs> and I, I don't know do they sell them all or that's just like an internet thing. Uh, it's tough to it's tell. Just, it's, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, you can print whatever you want. On you yours. can print. Yeah, that's true. I printed wink wink on mine. Um, <laughs> okay. Who's I'm going old to? school because uh, Yannis Tetagumpo is just a, he's, he's an old soul. He still winks. And I think uh, NBA players, they don't wink enough. So he's getting them. Uh, we can have more winks. You know, everybody's looking at the, the, uh, the celebrations and stuff. Just a quick one. What about uh, towel slaps? Yeah, exactly. To the asses of refs. <laughs> you whipped a towel on a referee's ass. He might have winked at him right then. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. exactly. <laughs> okay. I uh, I went with, like, um, uh, I guess in 2022, according to the website I saw, like you guys, uh, they had words of encouragement that you could put on these uh, candy hearts. Chin up. Don't quit. You got this. I'm sending that pack of words of encouragement candy hearts to uh, to Kawhi Leonard. Because we just learned that this guy's going to miss tonight's game. He's not going to be playing against the Warriors because he's got uh, an adductor strain, left adductor strain. Everybody's like, whoa, 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 where'd this come from? Because this guy's been healthy all season. He missed, like, what, four games there? Um, You know, at the end of 2023, it was a hip contusion. Otherwise, he's been healthy. He's been dominant. He's got the Clippers into the top of the West. He's in the MVP conversation, I guess, Dark Horse MVP conversation. And then he suddenly has this unexpectedly. Now. I'm hoping this is just a, hey, extend your all-star break. Yeah. Hey, hey, Kawhi maybe even said, I don't really want to play in the all-star <laughs> game. Oh, geez, now we got to replace him. We'll wait to see if we have to do that. Maybe it'll be a Sabonis or something like that. It's possible, but uh, hopefully it's nothing actually serious when it comes to Kawhi and this left adductor strain, but chin up. <laughs> <laughs> chin up. Yeah, yeah, I like that Kawhi is missing games for being hurt. Right. It's the only times he's missed games this season yeah. is because he was legitimately hurt. Yeah, right, right, right. This is true. Unless you believe my conspiracy that he just doesn't want to play in the Even All-Star that, game. Uh, fair enough, man. Like, fair enough. It's yeah, true. Him against Golden State would be nice to see him, but he hopefully will be back for the first game after the All-Star break where they play the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
That's a matchup. And surprising that the NBA scheduled it so well. First night back mm. from the, the, the Clippers and Thunder together, two of the top teams in the Western Conference. Good stuff. They got lucky. They okay. got lucky. So there. you think he'll be playing in that one? Oof. You think he's just getting I mean, a, a longer all-star break? I haven't checked out the groin in the adductor, but uh, I assume. Um, it doesn't sound like a long injury. I don't know. Will he be playing Sunday in the all-star game? I don't know. My gut says no. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah. Right. Then he's playing against OKC. Yeah, probably. All right, final one here. Uh, finish the Valentine's Day poem. It's a classic. Roses are red. Violets are blue. The Bulls will be back if they win another two. Oh, wow. What, what does that mean? They're two games below 500? Yeah. Oh, 26 good. and 28 right now. I was going back and checking the stats. They were technically 500 on October 30th early in the season. They haven't been over 500 since the end of the 2022 season. 20 and 14 since December 1st. That's the 10th best record in the league. 13th best net rating. They're fine right now. They play at the Cavs tonight. Unfortunately, Donovan Miller uh, Mitchell is a complete Bulls killer, so not too optimistic about that one. Then they got the All-Star break. Then they have the Celtics in Chicago at Pelicans, home for the Pistons, Cavs and Bucks. Oh, wow. I don't it's know. not that easy. It's not easy. It's yeah. not easy to be back, uh, but we will see. Okay. People keep asking me, are the Bulls back? They've strung together some wins. Not quite yet. Another two. They're close. Yeah. What are you doing I'm here? talking uh, trash. I went individual with my poem. Roses are red, violets are blue. I get buckets. But do you? That's it. Uh, <laughs> Put it on a shirt with the N1 guy. That sounds like an N1 Valentine <laughs> shirt. <laughs> with the faceless N1 man tested yeah, with a new shirt. And the box of chocolates out. That's oh, that's good. good. My, my poem is like, uh, it's definitely directed at uh, the young high flyers in this league. Because I went, roses are red, violets are blue. If Jalen Brown can join the dunk contest, then so can you. <laughs> all right? <laughs> so all you young legs out there, you know, these rookies, these second year, third year guys that aren't injured. Where are you? Jalen Brown, he's going in it. Uh, he's going to try and put on a show against McClung and one of the other Toppins. And uh, <laughs> who's the other guy? I'm already forgetting the fourth dunker. Hawkes. 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 Okay, that wasn't a Hawkes. Let me make, the, make that very clear because uh, he's going in. So, yeah. All right. Well, finish the poems. Let's hear your best poems. Roses are red, violets are blue. And then where are you going from there? Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, 
Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Tass, time for Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Thank you to the No Dunks fan, Koi, Koi, Coyote Jester. <laughs> I see the word coyote sometimes and I just want to say Koi. Why, I don't know. Coyote Jester. Because you made Tweet of the Night very, very, very yeah. simple. Because we talked about, we talked about the Super Bowl. SpongeBob had a telecast where there was two animated SpongeBob characters alongside Noah Eagle and our man Nate Brolson calling the game. We talked about it and we talked about us being animated characters <laughs> way back in the old days. So Coyote Jester tweeted, if Nickelodeon does an NBA All-Star game broadcast, no dunks should host it. So each guy got an animation. Okay. JD is Rady. <laughs> stingray. Yeah, the stingray. He's got pickleball. <laughs> pickleball, racket, and ball. It's a nice touch. It's that's good. It's great. It's <laughs> nice to see a stingray. Trey became fish taco. Trout Kirby instead of taco. Trey Kirby fish taco. Complete with bowls. Carhartt hat. <laughs> I mean, the, great. the illustration's amazing. Yeah. Fish taco trout Kirby maybe a stretch, but all right, we got. I assume there. that's like Grateful Dead fish, like a, the skull and yeah, the yeah, skeleton. Looks, uh, yeah, the tie dye shirt, yeah. and the, the bones, <laughs> okay. just the fish bones. Uh, I, I just love every part of it. Oh my god, Tasmus was renamed. Tass Mollusk. I think you're just it. the funniest man. It is cool. I love being in a shell. Oh, yeah. Uh, it feels good. I'm just like I'm flying around the water. <laughs> mollusk, man. Mollusk is a great name for a sea creature. It's like it such it's a good, like, it's like as if um, you had gone to like a carnival and you have those people like do the caricatures of Tass. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Like, like they, you know, like they go crazy on whatever features. Like that's a good, caricature, funny version, sure. caricature of Tass, I think. Yeah. And last in the water, it's J.E. Reef. Uh, <laughs> I'm a reef? That's it? <laughs> I like the variety. I mean, I love my little Luna there in the reef. Yeah. It's <laughs> the coral. This man is coral. <laughs> you got a hat on the top of the coral. Yeah, it's yeah. backwards. I'm glad I wear my hat today. A little maple leaf on it. Uh, yeah, just like a great variety from Coyote Jester. We got a stingray, a good old fish, a mollusk, and a nice coral reef. That is variety. Yeah, that's well done. Very well done, Coyote Jester. I, They're I, awesome. I did see, uh, and, and uh, Coyote Jester did respond to this person, but they said J.E. Squids was right there. 
And the coyote's like, mm, yeah, I guess I could have gone <laughs> that <laughs> angle as well. So the J.E. Reef. I like both, and it's all in the drawing. J.E. Squids. <laughs> all right, cool, awesome, cool. awesome tweet of the night. Uh, let's call it there. That was a wild show, it felt like. Uh, we are back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern before we head to Indianapolis. That's right, we got a weird schedule coming up here. Show tomorrow morning. Then we obviously get on a plane, go to Indy. Friday night, we have our live show, hoping to turn that into uh, a show on maybe YouTube, at least podcast. And then Saturday night, the plan is after the All-Star Night, Saturday festivities, um, to do a podcast, sort of reacting to the dunk contest and the Steph and Sabrina shootout, the three-point shootout, all that stuff. So that's sort of what we're looking at here over the coming days and the weekend. So lots of content. Make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Until tomorrow, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, it's Valentine's Day. We want to thank you for all the love. Love you. Brace the day, people.